This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, July 20th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU Football Scheduling Oracle. Jerem Jordan. Now, on Wednesday, we threw out some of the possibilities of replacement games. Now, it's not that simple. It just really isn't, right? But uh, I put Alabama as my week one pick. Uh, interesting, given a report over the weekend. And, of course, a big show today because this would have been the BYU Football Media Day, but it was, uh, it was canceled uh, for pretty obvious reasons, given that five games are off the schedule now. So we're going to talk to Tom Holmes for two segments. And there's a lot to discuss, a lot of questions, some hard questions, right? To ask, so I'm excited. But if Tom does ask me, I think I would like Alabama. I don't think he's going to ask me, but I think Alabama in week one would be fun. Remember in 98, BYU opened up the season there. Sean Alexander ran for five touchdowns, and that was the difference. And they needed all five of those touchdowns to hold off BYU 38-31. BYU scored a late touchdown to make it look close. It was a two-score game. But Glenn Tuckett... Don't get lost in the details, Jerem. Seven-point game. Don't let facts get in the way of a good story. (laughs) So, yeah, big show today. Let's go. Yeah, as you mentioned, Tom Homo, an in-depth BYU football state of the program address, including hot-button scheduling speculation. Does he want Bama? What will BYU do if more leagues go conference only? What's the potential of fans in the stands? Spring football plus the best to wear number 54 knows how to throw an epic block party. Here are your Monday BYU Sports Nation headlines. AL.com, a newspaper in Alabama, reports there's a strong possibility Alabama will open the season against BYU. Former Arizona Athletic Director Greg Byrne is the AD in Tuscaloosa now, has a relationship with Tom Homo and BYU. This would replace the canceled Utah game in week one. Right now, it's just a report. We will ask Tom Homo about this coming up. BYU senior tight end Matt Bushman named to the John Mackey Award preseason watch list, honoring the nation's top tight end. Not a shocker, the All-American candidate led the Cougars in receiving yards in each of his first three seasons. He's one of 36 tight ends on the current watch list. Bill Steele ranks BYU 52nd in his preseason rankings. The highest-ranked individual is the aforementioned Matt Bushman as the sixth-best tight end in college football, followed by Kyrus Tonga at number 11 at defensive tackle and James Empey as the 17th-best center. Pro Football Focus feels like James Empey is a higher graded center. So Phil Steele and Pro Football Focus vary on that one. All right, and just to get you caught up, in case you missed it, the West Coast Conference announcing they will delay the participation of fall competition in all conference sports prior to September 24th of this year. For BYU, this will affect obviously women's soccer, women's volleyball, a couple of outstanding programs, and the defending national champion men's cross-country team and national runner-up women's cross-country team. So for soccer and volleyball, it means if you want some non-conference games, more of them or some of them, you're going to have to do that early in the week. So that's a complication for what could be the NCAA tournament later. Hopefully we're playing and it's normal-ish. Obviously it's not going to be normal, but that's a, uh, that's a big story. We're going to do things a little bit different on BYU Sports Nation today. Instead of our usual opening segment where Jeremy and I discuss what's trending and all of the topics surrounding BYU sports, we are now going to welcome in the expert of experts for BYU athletics and discuss as many storylines as possible. Athletic Director Tom Homo joins us now 
on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. The greatest to ever wear number 46 at BYU. <laughs> Tom, welcome back to the show. I voted for Shea Muir- Muirbrook. <laughs> <laughs> That's because uh, you're, a, you're a good man. You're, you're a humble man. Uh, today, obviously, was supposed to be media day. It was canceled uh, due to the uncertainty of the upcoming football season and COVID-19 and everything that goes with it. Um, understandably, your job is crazy. It's chaos right now. So walk us through the typical day uh, of the athletic director at BYU. The typical day, actually, it's pretty routine, and that's one of the things that when this all went down in March and we saw the NCAA men's basketball tournament canceled, we got our leadership team together and we said, we just got to, we got to chart a course that's going to lead to when we come back. And I think that what we've done every day is try to have a little bit of a routine. Uh, personally, I think, and individually, it's important to keep my focus and my, um, my health There's a lot of things going on mentally and emotionally and physically, and people are losing it. But I feel really good about the way our teams hold together. And it looks like every day what we've tried to do is find out about best practices around the country. We're on Zoom calls most of the day. We're uh, communicating with our internal people. And it seems like most days what we're trying to do is take a step forward not just be in a quagmire, stupor, just stranded. We want to move forward. And it seems like most days we've been able to take a small step forward. But on some days, you take three steps back because of the news around you. And in recent weeks, just the uncertainty of all the things surrounding sports and our country, for that matter, there's been a little bit of stall, a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of looking around and a little bit of questioning where we go from here. And let's walk through some of that. So uh, biggest news over the weekend, a report came out regarding uh, the potential playing Alabama in week one. Other teams like Texas A&M and Oklahoma State have been mentioned as well. What's the validity of these reports of these possible Power 5 replacement games? Well, I, I know that the media has a lot of things on their hands. There's no games right now, so they have, they're very active. So... There's been a lot of communications, a lot of conversations with people. You've got to look at it this way. It might take me a year, year and a half to put together a schedule normally. And when those two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, announced that they were going conference only and opened up games, you're talking about trying to get – it's not just me, but most of those athletic directors and coaches that had their games canceled had to all of a sudden start sprinting. So I've had a lot of conversations with a number of people. Some have been reported from their side. And uh, I think that they'll continue uh, today and tomorrow and until this goes to the point where we're playing football. Tom, what role does ESPN play in the potential rescheduling of of these games that are rumored right now? ESPN is a partner of ours. We have a great relationship, but they're also a partner of many. They're also talking with the other broadcast companies about how this all fits together, you know, particularly in the spring or, or particularly in the fall when you're looking at a shortened schedules, perhaps, maybe reduced number of fans in the stands, if any. And they're trying to just make sure to see where we are. And I, I really appreciate I got a great call on Saturday from one of my friends at ESPN that said, how are you doing? You all right? We're, we're with you. Just keep going. I asked a few questions about strategy. He did likewise. And we came out 
it was a positive conversation knowing that BYU can move forward with these various possibilities out out of our hands right now. I guess I would ask the same question, Tom. How are you doing? Because five games were taken off the schedule, all Power Five, Utah notably among them. How are you doing in this process of trying to replace those games? It's rather wild and woolly. Um, Like I said earlier, it might take six months to 18 months, maybe two years, to really put together a game. And now it's been like two weeks, and you're thinking that you have to get those games back on the schedule. But I think the hard thing is everybody is kind of in a standstill because they're waiting to see what's going to happen with the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball, with these three Autonomy Five uh, conferences, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. What are they going to do? Are they going to go to conference only also? And so it's such a, a moving picture. You, every day is a new day, and you just got to stay with it. You got to keep your focus and keep your wits and be able to, at the end, when they say we're playing, have a schedule. Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director, with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm about to ask you a question that you have been asked approximately 1,378 <laughs> times over the past few years, and that is about Notre Dame, who has an opening in Week 13 because of uh, their agreement with um, USC going uh, away with the Pac-12 going conference only. Is this the year that BYU sees Notre Dame? Maybe. <laughs> Notre Dame is an entity of its, in its own. They are not part of a conference. They're independent in football, but they do have a, all their other sports are in the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference. So they have a scheduling agreement with the ACC in football. And so right now, Notre Dame and the ACC are trying to work out how they might do their scheduling, considering the ACC could go all the way through their schedule or perhaps a conference only or maybe a conference plus kind of entity. So it just really is a, still in a wait and holding pattern to see what they want to do and how their schedule is going to play out. It's difficult for them too as an independent, but they do have a little bit to fall back on with the ACC in some of those games. Are you hoping to replace the five Power 5 games with five more Power 5 games? I think that would be nice, but it might not be realistic. I think that would be our first uh, option would be to look to see if that's possible. But the, the number of dates that are available and openings that match our open dates, and you have to understand that right now we have five openings. There could be more that were to come if uh, some of these conferences make decisions like the earlier ones. Yeah, and the SEC is one we're waiting on, right, because that's the other Power 5 game left. Do you get a sense that the group of five may go that direction as well? I think it's hard to tell because they're waiting, too. They're waiting for sure to see how that goes because if the other three autonomy conferences um, go conference only, then that will shell a lot of their games, and that might force them to go conference only also. Athletic Director Tom Homo with us on BYU Sports Nation. I think everybody is crossing their fingers, hoping that a regular 12-game schedule can happen. But as you have alluded to earlier in this conversation, Tom, um, it's hard not to think that this might shrink to nine or ten games. So what type of possibility is there that a full college football schedule is going to happen this fall? I would say that the full conference schedule probably wouldn't happen. It could, but you see right now where you have the Pac-12 
12 and the Big Ten already saying they're not doing that. So their number of games are going to be reduced. I'm not an expert in the CFP, but it would be interesting to know how those conversations are going and whether those other three autonomy conferences, if they go for a full schedule, you're going to have an imbalance, and that would be something to consider. But we just have to wait to see what's going to happen with those conferences up above, the P5s, before the Group of Five will make a decision on that. You, you've mentioned uh, waiting, yet I'm sure you're proactive in scheduling or hoping to have different possibilities available depending on different situations. Mm. So how are you handling that in terms of, okay, if everyone goes conference only, what does that mean? Versus if we can still play some of these non-conference games for other teams, Power Fives or Group of Fives. What kind of possibilities are you playing with? Well, it's definitely staging right now because you're not really sure. So you're having these conversations that you hope lead to a contract. But everybody has some hesitation because they don't know for sure exactly how it's going to go for them. But it is good to be able to narrow it down if there's that many possibilities. If you can narrow it down and get some good feelings from other schools that that, this could possibly work between BYU and that school. Is there anywhere in in the realm of possibilities the idea of, like Notre Dame has with the ACC, BYU being in a scheduled partnership with some type of conference? Anything's anything's possible on the table. (laughs) This is a pandemic. I mean, I've, I've never had to deal with this before, nor has anybody in their active positions. So it's hard to say that. But when the time comes, at this point in time, I'm not really surprised by many things that come my way. Uh, recently, either a week ago or today, a uh, formal six-week practice was supposed to start, getting ready to uh, prepare for week one. Yet, if you don't have a week one game, that's delayed, right? So what kind of urgency do you have to get a week one game so that formal practice can begin? Well, we're looking at waivers so that that doesn't have to happen because it just keeps our teams up in the air and when you can bring student-athletes in. We're very fortunate here at BYU that the state of Utah has been open for quite a while. We've had our football players and other student-athletes in our facilities working out with the strength and conditioning coaches and the trainers under a very closely watched policy and procedure for health and well-being. So we're, very, we're ahead of the game in that regard, but we still would like to have all the possible practice dates that we could with our coaches. On the other hand, there's a number of schools in the P5s even that they, don't, they haven't really had that full time, and they're going to need it. This is one of the big issues that's going to determine how this goes is whether or not the medical experts determine that our athletes, whether it's football or volleyball, cross country or soccer, are going to be able to have a very good season of health and that we're not going to come in and be breaking down because they're not ready to play. I feel our kids are, will be ready to play if we can stay on the schedule. All right, Tom, uh, we're going to address much more of that, the health and safety concerns uh, of the players as you push forward in the fall and maybe into the spring. So if you don't mind, stick around with us, and uh, we'll get to some of those questions. Uh, We certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, hopefully uh, we haven't scared you away yet. I can stick around for another segment. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay, coming up, more from Tom Homel. Is spring football a fallback possibility? And will fans be able to attend any of the events in the fall? 
Tom Homo addresses all that next with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The greatest BYU football plays, in the words of the greatest BYU football players, the Teisman Campaign, Max Hall's Heroics, the Miracle at Memorial, and more. Join us Friday, July 24th on BYU Sports Nation for BYU Football Great Moments as Told by Players, Volume 2. A Pioneer Day in Utah edition of Pioneering Moments within BYU football. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. That is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We welcome back in BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo, who has already addressed a number of pressing questions from Alabama, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, scheduling Power Fives to the health and safety of the BYU athletes and how to maintain that. And so we're going to start there, Tom. Uh, When you look at your athletes and transitioning them back in amidst a pandemic and COVID-19, why do you feel like BYU is in a good position, not just with football, but with all of your teams to handle this if and when you get the green light to play? I think it's one of the great debatable topics in this all is whether or not these athletes or students that are coming back to school are going to be healthy with this pandemic. And one of the things that we decided early on, with the permission of our administration here and the Board of Trustees um, with the school, was that we felt that we could do a better job of keeping them healthy, their physical health, their mental health, their emotional health, if they were with us. They weren't working out and they, when they weren't here, or they were working out in facilities perhaps that might not be as clean or as sterilized. So we put together a plan where we felt that we could bring them back and that they would be healthy. And it's been a really good experience for our athletes and for our administration. We've had great support from our uh, central administration. President Worthen has put together a, quote, COVID team. We have one down here in athletics. They're communicating on a daily basis. It really is a day-to-day process where we make adjustments, we move forward strong, and I feel like our athletes have really enjoyed being back. They're friends, they're teammates, they love each other, they want to play, they're, they're in their sport, it means so much to them, and they're able to do it in a safe environment. And so to push them out to back to wherever they were coming from, some of them aren't in great situations where they can be healthy and they can work out, they live in cities or states, that are not open, we have a really good environment, and that's why I feel so strongly that our kids are doing well. Yeah, there's some schools that don't have anybody in right now, yet BYU is taking precautions, like you said, getting work in so that if and when we do have a season, they're ready to go. So a question along those lines. Obviously, a lot of governance and protocols are going to be conference-based. As an independent, when you play a team this fall, How do you think that's going to work? Are you going to have to just submit to the conference-regulated protocols when you play a team? And if you play an independent, you'll just negotiate it with that independent? That's what we're imagining. We know that the uh, Power Five conferences, and that's one of the reasons that the the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided to do what they wanted to do is uh, play conference only, is for the standards and the protocols of testing. So we are sure and certain that when we play those P5 schools that we'll have to play and live up to that, which we'd want to do. We'd want to play to the highest standards that we could. Now, if we're playing other conferences that may not be uh, living up or playing up to those standards of the 
testing, it may be a different story. We would imagine that as we get closer and these games are locked in across the board, that we'd work out that protocol. Regarding testing, the NCAA submitted a document um, saying they wanted what? Testing, was it every other day or every day? Uh, it seems like some schools won't be able to afford that. Um, how, how realistic is that? What are your thoughts on how often testing is, is realistic? It's pretty stringent, the report that the, the guidelines, I don't even know if they're guidelines, I'd say standards that the NCAA put out for all of their teams. It is, uh, a lot of people don't realize that NCAA football in, is CFP football. It's complicated, but NCAA sent out these standards for all their championships, and they don't run the football championships, at least at the, uh, C, uh, the FBS level. They do for the uh, FCS level. So those levels are high, which they should be. And it may, and w- what you're seeing is some smaller conferences are saying, we can't live up to those. We're going to have to delay until the spring. And that's where right now, in the next days and weeks to come, you're going to see more conferences make decisions on that. And we'll have to react to how those conferences' decisions go. We're talking with BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Tom, you look at the campus standpoint now and President Kevin Worthen and the BYU officials coming out and saying, we're going to go with an in-class and partially uh, online scheduling system. So... uh, what your athletes are going through in terms of training for, uh, for sports, how are they going to balance that with what they're going to be required to do in class? And, and what type of guidance and support have you received from the entire campus community led by President Worthen? Well, it is uncharted waters. We haven't done this before. We looked to do that possibly in the spring, but that all fell apart when, when the, all the championships and all the seasons were canceled. But... This is one thing that's been helpful is the athletic department and our athletes coming back has given our school administrators a good little pilot or peek at how it could be. Now, we're talking about way different numbers when you're talking 30,000-plus students and many, many more staff, faculty, and um, et cetera coming back. We're going to have to work through that. We'll still have to keep our... Uh, policies and procedures as long as as what uh, as far as safety is concerned but those are things that we're working out right now with our campus how and where we will kind of cordon off our workout facilities and keep them separate from the rest of the campus community which every parent i think that sends someone to byu one of their students or one of their uh, children as a student will have to consider how's it going to be Two FCS leagues have already said they're going to go to the spring in Ivy League and Patriot. Um, what are the possibilities, you think, of uh, spring sports, uh, everything moved from the fall? It's what I'm hearing and what I'm reading is it's the last resort. And I think you're seeing with the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12, they want to play football. They're going to do everything they can to play a football season this year. And if they get to the point in the next couple of weeks, because it's only going to be a couple of weeks, and then that window is going to close. But if that window closes, then they're going to have to step to the next process, which will be, can we move this to the spring, and how will we do that? They're not working on that. We have taken a few opportunities to look and see how that would be, 
But it is very, very complicated. You can imagine playing all of our sports at the same time at, you know, during the same season. It would be difficult, but we would look to do it if that was the way we were told to go. Yeah, complicated is clearly the word of the times, Tom. And there is the huge question floating out there of what type of participation can fans have in these games? Uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium seats roughly 63,000 people. You have a number of other venues that hold big crowds. What's the likelihood of fans attending any of these games if and when they do happen in the fall? Right now, because of the state of Utah and their uh, stance or status for the state, it's in a position where it's open right now. It's not green. It's in a yellow position. They have green, yellow, orange, red. And we've been through all the sequences except for red, thank goodness. But right now, we're planning contingencies for all of those. But right now, if we were to open and play tomorrow, we would probably be in a situation where it would be a reduced number of fans. And we've worked through all the various scenarios of who, what groups, contingencies or uh, constituencies, excuse me, and the percentages of each and where they would sit in the stadium to be safe with social distancing in mind, with everything in their health in mind, for the people in the stands as well as the people that are there serving them um, as staff. The West Coast Conference moved uh, fall sports back to September 24th. What was your reaction to that? And uh, are, will BYU be aggressive in non-conference scheduling in soccer and volleyball where it may be tough to get an early-in-the-week uh, game? It, it's a tough it was a tough decision for the WCC to make, but people have to understand when you look at our West Coast Conference, we have seven teams from our conference that are in California, and a number of those schools have not returned their student-athletes to the facilities just to work out, not with their coaches, but just to be back working out. So there came a point in time where it became unrealistic that those seven schools would be able to compete in a non-conference situation. And we did it as a group, as a conference, and set that starting date as, a, as the 24th of July, or September, September excuse me, of mm-hmm. September, so that we would be starting at the same time. I feel that it will benefit us a little bit because I think our kids will be strong enough to play maybe multiple games in a week where maybe the other teams from the WCC, they might not be able to match playing non-conference games during the week. Tom, we're going to think positively here and say uh, when a green light is given, how will BYU be ready to go on day one based on what you have seen from the athletes preparing? And what's the buffer time you think they need to get ready for the season? That's a good question. I'm I'm super impressed by our student-athletes. From the minute that the the seasons were canceled last spring to see how – how they adapted so quickly. Their attitudes were good. They started looking forward. We had a great academic year last year in that semester where they're taking online courses. And now you look at these fall student athletes and they're saying, ooh, we just witnessed what happened with our classmates in the spring, how they lost their season. So they're in anticipation that it could happen and that that would be a possibility that they might not be able to play. But they're ready to go, and that's what, we, that's what 
our motto was, when this thing starts open, we're going to be ready to go. And all of our coaches have done a marvelous job of keeping our kids emotionally, physically, spiritually, and uh, mentally sharp so that when we do have an opportunity, we can go. And I would say, if we start in any of these sports, our kids will be competitive and ready to go. That would be a great way to end this interview, but I have a follow-up I've got to go back to. (laughs) So regarding scheduling, um, we talked about all the different possibilities. We're waiting to see whether other Power Fives go conference only, whether Group of Fives go conference only. If that ends up being the case, is there a possibility of an independent-only type schedule? Yes, that could occur because being an independent, if every one of the conferences went conference only – and didn't leave to like a plus one or plus two, then there wouldn't be any other games available. And we would work out some type of an arrangement with the other independent teams or any other schools that for some reason might have a game available. And that's just a, that's one of the things that if a conference were to go 10 games only, you look at a team a conference like the um, Big 12, they have 10 games, uh, 10 teams, so they could only play nine conference games unless they played another one team twice. So there's still some uh, information, some strategies, some decisions from them that have to be made before we can take those steps. Tom, at some point in the future, when your life calms down, I want you to write a book on scheduling and how your life has been uh, affected by it as the BYU athletic director. Can I write the foreword, Tom? <laughs> what, I, I'm going to let you guys write that book because I'm hoping for posterity's sake that nobody has to go through a pandemic. These student-athletes and the coaches and the fans, it's rough. It's been rough on them. I just can't tell you... How many people have called me, texted me, come up to me in the community and say, we want to play, we want to see these kids, we want to root for the Cougars, we need this. Now, it's possible that it might go on ice again, but I know how important it is, and that's why we're doing everything in our power to make it happen. we got a daily show. We want games too, Tom. Let's go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. You never know that. You never know there are no games. Hey, Tom, let's give you a heavy dose of the BYU Sports Nation karma for uh, the challenges that that await you, and we appreciate you spending some extra time with us today and answering a lot of tough questions. Thanks a million, guys. Good luck. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great information, a lot to break down, and luckily we have, uh, you know, 26 minutes left to show to do so. So coming up, we react to what we just heard. The latest BYU player to make a watch list. Let's hope we're actually watching him this fall season. And the best to ever wear number 54. This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand. Download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us that five-star review, baby. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. And this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Tom Homo just joined the program. We'll break down everything he said. One of the questions we did ask about was uh, Alabama. As AL.com reports, there's a strong possibility Alabama will open the season against BYU. Former Arizona Athletic Director Greg Byrne is the AD in Tuscaloosa now. Has a relationship with Tom Homo and BYU. That would replace the Utah game in week one if it happened. That's quite a way to uh, reduce some of the sting if and when that happens. <laughs> Yeah. BYU senior tight end Matt Bushman named to the John Mackey Award preseason watch list, honoring the nation's top tight end. 
The All-American candidate has led the Cougars in receiving yards in each of the last three seasons. He's one of 36 tight ends on the list. Bill Steele ranks BYU 52nd in its preseason rankings. The highest-ranked individual is Matt Bushman as the sixth-best tight end in college football, followed by Kairos Tonga at number 11 and James Empey at number 17. Rich Sermoniello, the director of the College Football Awards, has BYU listed as the eighth best program in position to handle the loss of a starting quarterback. I didn't realize that was the list That's a list? ranking now. Wow. <laughs> you all well know BYU returned Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Baylor Romney, who all started games last season and won one at least one game last season. That's a pretty wild stat. Athletics News. West Coast Conference announces it will delay fall sports games until September 24th, which for BYU include women's soccer, women's volleyball, and cross country. Basketball. Today marks the first day that NCAA basketball teams are able to work out with coaches present. There's some excitement about BYU basketball. They'll practice this afternoon. Yeah, it's four hours on the court uh, a week and four hours in the... uh, the weight, weight room. Baseball. Utah College Baseball League will resume play tonight. First reported uh, by our guy Jason Shepard. He's all over it because he calls the games. Uh, minor league star Jackson Clough is among the BYU players who will suit up tonight. You can listen to the game on BYUCougars.com and the BYU Cougars app, 10 Eastern. Uh, as Jerem just mentioned, and as you probably have noticed if you've been watching the program, Tom Homo gave us a load of information yep. to go over, and so we're going to highlight some of the top things that he told us and revealed next in a de facto state of the program address. Including a 12-game schedule possibility, Alabama and others, fans in the stands this fall. There's a lot there. Plus, the best to wear number 54 knows how to throw an epic block party. We'll get to that. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you like the baseball, you can listen to Jason Shepard on the BYU Cougars app, BYUcougars.com, 10 Eastern tonight for the Utah College League. Jackson Clough, among other current and former Cougars in action tonight. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. What a show we've had thus far. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo giving... The latest, at least as much as he can right now, based on all of the moving parts with this COVID situation on BYU football, where they're going to go with scheduling, uh, what's on the table, what's off the table, are there going to be fans in the stands, and we're going to recap the highlights right now. Uh, Starting with this, Jerem, over the weekend, AL.com reporting that Alabama is a strong possibility to face BYU in the Crimson Tide season opener. We want Bama? We asked Tom about the Bama rumor, as well as others, including Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. There's been a lot of communications, a lot of conversations with people. you got to look at it this way. It might take me a year, year and a half to put together a schedule normally. And Mm -hmm. when those two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, announced that they were going conference only and opened up games, you're talking about trying to get – it's not just me – but most of those athletic directors and coaches that had their games canceled had to all of a sudden start sprinting. So I've had a lot of conversations with a number of people. Some have been reported from their side. And uh, I think that they'll continue uh, today and tomorrow and until this goes to the point where we're playing football. Now, here's the tricky thing about this. The reality right now, as of 
10.41 a.m. Mountain Time can be very different in like, I don't know, 60 seconds. Well, and it takes, he said, sometimes it takes six months to a year and a half, two years to schedule a game. So how quickly can BYU schedule games? Because there is a sense of urgency to, uh, to get a, an opponent there um, so that BYU can start practicing. But Tom did mention they're trying to get waivers so that sure. they could start practice. So th- that's good because that was a concern that we discussed last week is, hey, BYU needs to schedule a game as soon as possible because they need to be in formal practice. But if the NCAA is going, listen, we know the Pac-12 and Big Ten announcements affect a lot of people. You can get in there and practice. And then uh, various universities start school at different times. BYU happens to be around Labor Day. Uh, the day after is typically the first day of school. kind of depends sometimes. But uh, BYU's in, in early. Oregon gets in really late. They go like the third week of September yeah. typically. So that can change things. But the idea that Tom is talking to everyone I think isn't a, a, a dumb one. I think it's... He's always been proactive. BYU's always played tough teams. I've argued that BYU's played too many tough teams too often, right? That's not the issue. I wouldn't be shocked if Alabama gets on the schedule. Which is exactly why you want Bama on the schedule. Wednesday, I joked in our replacement (laughs) games, I said Alabama week one. So on Saturday when I'm like, oh, interesting. The schedule's too hard. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, this year, I'm like, if BYU plays eight or nine, and it's, I'm like, just load it up, whatever. Yeah, I do remember this game. Look at us busting out the 98 game. Kevin Federick. I missed, so, I so missed dreamy. those road kits, Jerem. <laughs> nice. I missed the Don't, royal blue pants. How dare you talk about soccer terms. With the black outline. Oh, I love it. Okay, so that's, that's Alabama. It, it, did Tom say, yeah, we're playing? No. The, like, there's a ton of possibilities. I would imagine that Tom has several types of schedules prepared. We asked about independence. We asked about... You know, if power fives go away. And I imagine he's got one that has a mix of all three, just group of five and independence, and just independence. That would, that's what I imagine he has uh, in terms of scheduling possibilities. I would guess he has three types. That spreadsheet yeah. is amazing and changing all of the time right now. Absolutely. So another comment or question we asked was relative to Notre Dame. I, Notre Dame, when are they going to return that game, man? You know, every, every BYU fan wants to know. Here's what Tom Homel said about Notre Dame as a possibility in week 13 where they have an opening. Maybe. <laughs> Notre Dame is an entity of its, in its own. They are not part of a conference. They're independent in football, but they do have a, all their other sports are in the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference. So they have a scheduling agreement with the ACC in football. And so right now, Notre Dame and the ACC are trying to work out how they might do their scheduling, considering the ACC could go all the way through their schedule or perhaps a conference only or maybe a conference plus kind of entity. So it just really is still in a wait and holding pattern to see what they want to do and how their schedule is going to play out. So here's the thing with Notre Dame. Do you really want Notre Dame this year? This season. I, I would say no. Potentially with no fans. Here's why. Because there's limited or no fans. If BYU is going to get the Notre Dame game, a home game, not a road game, I, I would take, like, if that's not satisfying that game. You know what I'd really like? If Notre Dame could do, obviously, Provo. If they don't do Provo, which they haven't yet, is Vegas an option? Allegiant Stadium. Is that an option? Neutral site, but close-ish to BYU. Um, I, I'm like all of you. I want to. 
home game. Notre Dame contractually owes BYU a home game. They can always get out of it. But BYU has been very patient with this. They've not said, hey, we're gonna, we need that home game. Where is it? We're going to sit. No, no, no. BYU's played it patiently. They want a good relationship. If you're Tom, why would you burn any bridges? So I don't want Notre Dame on the schedule this year because I would like it to be a fun game where the fans can attend. It's going to be awesome. I would rather wait on that one. And that's different than a potential of a last-minute Alabama scheduling or a Texas A&M scheduling because there's no Those are previously discussed contract like right. BYU has with Notre Dame. Right. And so I'm with you. Like If Notre Dame says, hey, well, we could play this year, but – uh, obviously there aren't going to be many fans in the stands. Or if any at all. We will give you a home game sometime between 2022 and 2028. Take the home game between 2022 and 2028. Well, BYU kind of already did, and they're waiting for that. Right. What right. I'm saying is if they double down and say, we'll, we'll go to Provo between these years so that you can pack the stands, wait it out. I don't know that I would say, no, no, we want it to be this year at a neutral site with – 10% of the capacity or whatever it is. Everything's going to be a neutral site this year. Even, home, like even home games because like you have that. limited fans in the stands. Hey, here's a question I hadn't thought of till this moment. Will there be any road fans in any games anywhere? Because if it's a home game, you're only going to have enough for the home team. Because in contracts, they always dictate, okay, we get X tickets as the road team, so-and-so. Wait, so there's that one sliver. It's already a small amount anyway. And then all of a sudden it's like, 200 people from the road team? How's that going to work? I don't know. We have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions. Tom answered as many as he could. Um, This wasn't, uh, you know, answer day per se. It was thought process day. Take us through the thought process. What are you going through? What are the possibilities? What are you hearing? And we got a lot of good answers along those lines. Yeah, and I would anticipate that because four of the five games that BYU had go away on the schedule with the Big Ten and Pac-12 going conference only are road games, Mm -hmm. that – BYU, what, four or five, yeah, I think, right? We'll probably have to schedule a majority of these road games. So, yeah. what a game at Alabama be in Tuscaloosa. Oh, und- undoubtedly. Has to, right? They we don't could, come this far west. No, no, not, sorry. Typically. Because yeah. they were scheduled initially to play at the home of the Dallas Cowboys right. against USC. So, right. I don't think it'll be a neutral site. If, I don't if, think it's going the to campuses. Dallas. Yeah, either, control yeah. the campuses. Although, BYU would do that. If BYU they said, would if do they it. said, hey, it's in, uh, you know. Would Alabama do it? Jerry's world, let's go. Would ESPN require that Alabama and BYU meet at a neutral site if they were the ones that were BYU would go there in an instant. Yes. Just like they went and played Oklahoma in 09. That's the same type situation. But right now, BYU would go to Tuscaloosa willingly. Absolutely in week one. And guess what? BYU would probably get beat pretty handily. But I, I would like to just see that. I, not that BYU gets beat handily. What I mean is the matchup. I would like BYU to go there if possible. I'm the schedule's too hard guy. I look at the whole schedule. I'm not just looking at one game. And I don't necessarily want BYU to replace all power five, five power fives with power fives. But I'm not going to be picky in the middle of a pandemic with the schedule. I'm going to just be happy. If BYU played all FCS, I'd be happy. Yeah. I just want, like, not really. But I'd be, I'd be at least satisfied that we're watching BYU football games. Yeah, well, the likelihood of those three teams, any one of them would be great. Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, oh, Alabama. TCU. Like, t- like, those, those would be great. Any of those would be really nice. I am getting the impression, having talked to Tom Homo, what, we, what he just told us, and just conversations and reading that – I mean, a 12-game schedule just seems way out there. It seems hard, right? Um, the delay seems like um, it it's, might be a good thing. Yet, I don't know how many games we're going to play. How's bowl elig- eligibility going to work? I, I don't know. It, so, se- it seems more like 9 or 10 is in play, but we right. had to ask. I mean, we had to ask the question to Tom Holmo. 
will there be a 12-game full schedule? I would say that the full conference schedule probably wouldn't happen. It could, but you see right now where you have the Pac-12 and the Big Ten already saying they're not doing that. So their number of games are going to be reduced. I'm not an expert in the CFP, but it would be interesting to know how those conversations are going and whether those other three autonomy conferences, if they go for a full schedule, you're going to have an imbalance, and that would be something to consider. But we just have to wait to see what's going to happen with those conferences up above, the P5s, before the group of five will make a decision on that. All right. I just feel like it's going to be 9 or 10. Right. And, and it's a waiting game. Which 9 or 10, right? And be- when will it start? Who knows? It's hard to know. I, I, ho- I hope we play and we figure it out. Um, but it's interesting to see the dynamic of the Big Ten call it. Remember that the NCAA headquarters are within the boundaries of the Big Ten. Do they have information relative to how things might go down later? I don't know. The Pac-12, certainly Cal- California has <laughs> 40 million people in it. California is like the, would be the 40th largest uh, populated country in the world if it was its own country. They announced during the show that CIF, high school football, is going to be played in the winter. December and January. They're doing things differently. So, so that's, so, yes. And California typically does do things a little bit differently. So I'm interested to see how that happens. If you're Tom, what do you do? Like, if Alabama will sign a contract today, you sign it, I think. But then later, if the SEC makes a move, now you're scrambling to get somebody else. So it's a tricky game to know. And Tom said, yeah, we're, we're waiting. But let, let me just, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit. He's, he's not waiting to prepare. He's prepared. Right now, he's got multiple schedules, you'd think, ready to rock, different teams. He, if I'm Tom, I'm talking to three different teams for week one, saying, oh, yeah, we're very interested. If not more. It, yeah, right? So he's playing that, the game that you played in high school with girls, which was to talk to three different ones at the same time, right? And they don't know it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't you relate really well? Uh, yeah. And it didn't always turn out well. So, wow. but you you need to be ready. You need New Mexico State to be ready. You need Weber State to be. I don't know who has. Open. I'm just throwing out names. You need Alabama to be ready, just in case, right? Okay, we've addressed I'd like this. To take this time to apologize to uh... Uh, to Samantha, Sarah, and uh, Natasha. Yeah, really. Okay, fans are wondering: Will there be fans in the stands? Here's what Tom Homo said about that. Right now, if we were to open and play tomorrow, we would probably be in a situation where it would be a reduced number of fans. And we've worked through all the various scenarios of who, what groups, contingencies, or uh, constituencies, excuse me, and the percentages of each and where they would sit in the stadium to be safe with social distancing in mind, with everything and their health in mind for the people in the stands as well as the people that are there serving them, um, as staff. Jeremy, I've heard everything from 10% capacity to 60% capacity. I'll be happy if the games just happen at all. And based on what California is doing, like, is there any chance you think there's zero chance that there is a one fan in the stands for any of the games that happen within the state of California, if they happen at all in college football? Yeah, I'm interested to see. And 
it's state by state. So BYU is working in conjunction with the the state government. Yes, Utah, Utah State, Weber State, all these teams. They are talking and having plans together. It's not going to be like BYU is going to have a different stadium plan than Utah State or Utah, right? So that's interesting. And there was a questionnaire that was sent out to fans to kind of gauge interest on whether they'd go and if they went, how would that work and, and whatnot. That's a, that's a big deal, too, because there is gate money that BYU needs, everyone needs and gets. Yet, safety is going to be the priority, to a degree, not fully. If we were fully safe, we wouldn't have college football at all. But we need this. We need this emotionally. The schools need it financially, uh, you know, mentally. Uh, I think we need this as well. Um, yet, there's a, a certain level of risk that will be tolerated. Yeah, it's interesting to think about well, do the players want to play in front of 6,000 fans? Or would they. I don't think it, their opinion is asked on hardly anything no. ever. I mean, would it, would it just be There's weird? There's no players' like, union. No, nah, let's just make it a true neutral side game. Yeah. No fans. Let's just play football on the field, let the TV cameras catch it and go. Yeah. Okay, coming up, best to wear at number 54. And the athlete that reps that number hails from one of the first families of BYU sports. Do you know? You will next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation continues with the daily reminder to download the show on or watch it on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Bring on the best to wear it. We're counting up to 99, one number each show. Today we hit number 54. Who was the best to ever wear number 54 BYU? Tressa Spalding Hampson. This is the mother of Jennifer and Sarah. Uh, from 83 to 87, she was amazing. Averaged 23 a game for her career, 2,300 points, third in BYU history in points, second in scoring average, second in rebounds, third in rebounds per game, first in blocks over her daughters, but although her daughters are two and three, which is pretty cool. She had a 50-point game in 87. 50. Led the nation in scoring almost 30 a game in 86-87. Well-deserved. One of the first families of BYU sports, the Hampsons. Our uh, Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, is pretty simple. It comes from at Tiny underscore T17, who said simply, thanks for all you're doing to help out Cougar Nation, Tom Holmo. He's busy right now. And today's rise and shout-outs, Kerry Roberts and Kirsten Fotu. Kerry Roberts says, the reason I recruit tough individuals, Kirsten Fotu played this weekend with a second-degree separated shoulder oh. and sprained AC joint. She went to the semifinal. What? Incredible. Well done. Our thanks to today's guest, BYU Athletic Director, Tom Holmo. Started. Dennis Pitta, no time. Isn't it Dustin? Dustin, Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Bill Shefflin. We'll see you tomorrow.